Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. If you're joining us for the first time, we're studying the Old Testament of the Bible this year, loosely following the study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So last weekend, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints hosted its 192nd Annual General Conference, where our prophet, apostles, and other church leaders gathered to address the church and world about a host of different topics— Faith in Christ, repentance, overcoming challenges, mental health, loving those around us, creating unity, and so much more. Now, let me back up for a minute for those who may not be familiar with the Church of Jesus Christ. In this church, we believe that God calls prophets today to lead his people, in the same way that he called people like Moses back in ancient days. Similarly, we believe that Jesus Christ, who ultimately guides our church, calls apostles to help manage the church organization and mission, just as he called apostles like Peter, James, and John 2,000 years ago. In other words, we believe the same church structure has been restored today that Jesus Christ instituted when he was alive on the earth and speaks about in the New Testament, quote, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, end quote. So this last weekend, our prophet, whose name is Russell Nelson, the apostles, and a range of other church leaders addressed us for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, with the hope that we would all come a bit closer to having unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, becoming more perfect visions of ourself, unto the measure of the fullness of Christ. Okay, now, what happens during these general conferences in 2022 is a different experience than what happened in the year 42 after Christ's death. With the technology that we now have, our leaders' messages are broadcast around the world on TV, radio, and the internet in a multitude of languages, as well as printed later in publications that are shipped around the globe. And the other big difference between now and ancient days is social media. Now, when our prophet and leaders speak, individuals around the world are live-tweeting the entire experience, commenting on the things they hear, and engaging in real-time conversation. Last weekend, as I loosely monitored how people were reacting on social media during the conference, I noticed a couple things. First, there was a lot of positive comments appreciating the words spoken and lessons taught during the conference. So many people really do appreciate being guided by the Lord's servants. But I also noticed negative comments. People disagreeing with what our church leaders said. People calling them bad names. People diminishing their messages by saying they're a bunch of old white men that are out of touch with today's reality. People calling for change in the church. People expecting them to talk about other topics. People not satisfied with the explanations given. People that think they know better. Now, some of these comments obviously come from people not of our faith. People that don't believe that Russell Nelson is a true prophet of God and that he speaks the Lord's words. People that don't believe that the individuals we call apostles were in fact called to be apostles just as those who served in that capacity 2,000 years ago. This is to be expected and is okay. Everyone is entitled to their own belief system, and we certainly don't want to force our faith on anyone that isn't ready for it. 
And of course, throughout the history of God's interaction with his covenanted people, there have always been those who disagreed, didn't believe, and even persecuted the followers of God and Jesus Christ. In Moses' day, which we're currently studying, Pharaoh was an example of this. He continually hardened his heart, despite everything Moses said to him and the miracles that Pharaoh himself witnessed. Quote, and Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? I know not the Lord, end quote. Like Pharaoh, there are many people today who choose not to hear the words of God's prophet and follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, despite the many miracles that are occurring all around them. While this is unfortunate, and I'm sure heartbreaking to our Heavenly Father, it's not unexpected. But I wonder whether any of our church leaders today still get nervous before addressing the world. What if the people don't believe? What if they mock me? What if they say hurtful things that my spouse and children and grandchildren will hear? Even Moses, who we revere as the great prophet that liberated God's people from Egyptian bondage, even he was scared going in. Quote, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, but I am slow of speech. Who am I that I should go into Pharaoh? End quote. But God's chosen servants being ignored, disregarded, or mocked by those who don't believe is not the real tragedy here. That's just part of the job. I think the real tragedy that is highlighted each year during General Conference and throughout the year is that people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ and members of the Church of Jesus Christ, that even some of these people disparage our leaders, discount their teachings, claim that they are out of touch with current societal norms, and call on them to change church policy and doctrine. In biblical terms, these individuals seem to, quote, murmur against the Lord's servants. Moses was concerned about this too, nervous going into his job, quote, and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee, end quote. Well, the Lord was with Moses, and, quote, the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshiped, end quote. The people accepted Moses as their prophet at first. They raised their hands to sustain him as God's chosen leader for them. But then, as time passed, he was never good enough for them. They were never satisfied with his work. After he first confronted Pharaoh, and Pharaoh ended up doubling the workload of the Israelites, they condemned Moses, quote, And they said unto Moses, The Lord look upon you and judge, because ye have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh. And they hearken not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage, end quote. Then after Moses had called down plagues from heaven to retaliate against Pharaoh for not freeing God's people, and the Israelites had witnessed these miracles and saw that it was only the Egyptians who were plagued, and after they had seen Moses finally deliver them from Egypt and guide them to the sea, and had seen how, quote, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. Even after all this, when the Israelites saw the Egyptians chasing them to return them to bondage, the people of God complained against their prophet and condemned him for his actions. Quote, and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? End quote. Then after seeing Moses split an entire sea by raising his staff, allowing the Israelites to escape the Egyptians on dry ground and seeing the sea then close back in on the pursuing Egyptians 
ending their pursuit once and for all and ensuring the Israelites' freedom. Still, the Israelites murmured against Moses when they got thirsty. Then, after Moses was able to make the water drinkable, the Israelites still weren't satisfied with them as their leader. Quote, And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. End quote. Wow. It's almost impossible to believe that this people, after seeing so many miracles, after seeing firsthand the power of God in their lives, being activated through their prophet Moses, that the people would still complain against him. That what he's done for them already wasn't enough. To demand more, to not trust him, to continue to lead them to the promised land, to wish that they had never followed him to begin with. But I wonder if it's the same thing I saw on social media during our recent general conference. Despite having sustained our prophet, despite having seen so many miracles in our own lives, so many are quick to judge the leaders we have now, doubting the things they say, wishing they would have said something else, thinking that we know better than them. But the reality is, you and I don't get to dictate to God how, what, or when he communicates things to his prophets. As Elder Dale Renland, an apostle of Jesus Christ, said last weekend during the conference, quote, demanding revelation from God is both arrogant and unproductive. Instead, we wait on the Lord and his timetable to reveal his truths through the means that he has established, end quote. The Lord's church is not a democracy. It's a monarchy with Jesus Christ as our king and a prophet appointed as our prime minister. When the king of Moab in the Old Testament tried to bribe Balaam the prophet to curse the Israelites, the prophet Balaam replied, quote, If the king of Moab would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. End quote. Balaam the prophet couldn't give the king what he wanted. He could only give what the Lord had already provided. Are you and I wanting more than what the Lord has provided? When we don't understand or don't believe something that has been taught by our church leaders, are we filling in our knowledge gaps with our own opinions or with current societal norms and then trying to impose those opinions on others or even impose them on God's own chosen servants? At the end of the day, I guess the question that we need to ask ourselves is do we really believe that our prophet and apostles are called of God to do his work and lead his people? This is a major test of our faith, and the vast majority of the world doesn't believe this. But do we? And if so, do we really believe that when they speak, they're being divinely inspired or directed by the Lord himself? Do we have the faith and patience to trust in what our God is telling us through his prophets, and perhaps even more important, to be grateful for the revelation that has already been received? Even if we may still have questions about things that have not been revealed. But maybe even more important than having faith, patience, and gratitude towards the divine leadership that we've received already, if we come to a point where what we believe about any particular issue is different than what we have been taught by the Lord's anointed servants, then can we have the humility to admit to ourselves that we might be wrong? Can we give God and his chosen servants the benefit of the doubt, even if we are having a hard time understanding something? As Moses told the people when they were murmuring to Moses and Aaron about the miracles of God not being sufficient, 
Quote, the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. End quote. The Lord said the same thing generations later to the prophet Samuel when the people were rejecting his messages also. Quote, and the Lord said unto Samuel, they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. End quote. We have a God in heaven that loves us. His entire work and his glory is to help us to be happy in this life, to find peace on earth and eternal life in the world to come. He cares about your family and he cares about mine. And one of the major ways he helps guide us through this world is by sending prophets and apostles to guide us, just as he sent Moses to liberate the people from Egypt. These chosen servants of the Lord can speak our language, even when we may not be able to understand what God is telling our spirits directly. I made the choice 14 years ago to follow the Lord's chosen leaders into a new life. Their, their teachings, along with those of the Savior, helped me transform my life into who I am today. I hope that you and I can continue to make the choice today, tomorrow, and each day to follow our Savior, Jesus Christ, and give Christ the benefit of the doubt that he knows what he's doing. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time.